Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had a new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www type1lifting.com so just check it out if you don't buy anything that's perfectly fine uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like I said before www.type1lifting.com and guys I hope you enjoy the show hey guys we have a new sponsor for the type 1 lifting podcast the company's called Liberté Lifestyle so Liberté is a French word meaning freedom and the company was founded on the desire to have freedom to choose what we want to do with our lives. I actually had the owner, um, Nicole, on my podcast on episode 28, so if you want to go back and listen to her, um, she talks about how she started the company and what she wants to do in the future with the company, which is pretty cool. So uh, they actually have knee sleeves, wrist wraps, shirts, shorts. Uh, love the knee sleeves. I have the ice cream knee sleeves, and I love them so much. They haven't the neoprene's still good. Uh, the seams haven't split compared to other uh, knee sleeves that I have had in the past, uh, and I'm planning to keep these for a very, very long time. So uh, Nicole actually gave me a promo code for you guys too. So it's all capital letters, T-Y-P-E, and the number one. So it's type one. So go to LibertéLifestyle.com, uh, check out what they have in the store, use the promo code type one, and save some coin. Now let's go to the episode. Testing, testing. One, two, one, two. Testing, testing. One, two, one, two. All right, here we go. Ron Woolley. wasn't expecting this because I thought it was on Thursday. Holy smokes. All right. Let's go. All right.
let's go. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Jimmy, how are you? Not bad. How's your day going? Good, man. Yeah, Good. Awesome. Well, uh, thank, you, thank you for doing this, by the way. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Always glad to join podcasts. Yeah. So, um, so type one lifting, how that started. Um, just a little spec story. So I'm a type one diabetic, and I got diagnosed at uh, 34, going on my 35th birthday. And so I worked at a children's hospital. And I worked in the ER, and there was this five-year-old that came in that had a new onset of diabetes. And I always welcomed like the new kids that have di that di that have diabetes. Right. And um, the mom was like crying hysterically, thinking it was a death sentence. And so I kind of like you know calmed her down a little bit, told her you know this is the best place you can be at. You know, it's great to have like you know the best care ever. And so brought her up to the ICU. She gave me a big hug, kind of like helped her calm her down a little bit. And so. <laughs> I needed to do a little bit more, and so I started a T-shirt company that donates to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and then I start, then I started this podcast just to interview, you know, people that I think are like super interested, interesting. All right. So. All right. Cool. All right. Awesome. All right. So we'll start. Um, so the main thing is, where I would like to do is obviously like pimp the, your Instagram, your podcast, and kind of you know your CrossFit CrossFit experience and everything. Sure. Okay. Cool. All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Type One lifting podcast i have crossfit meme king and also the host of make pods great again john woolley how you doing i'm good man how are you not bad well i'm, I'm glad one thing first off i'm glad you survived the rona <laughs> it was touch and go there for a minute yeah. actually i was i was fine it just makes you miserable for a long 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 period of time or at least it did me like i didn't have any serious uh you know complications or side effects at least at the time but Man, it's just, it just was not a fun month, yeah. to say the least. So were people more worried about you or more worried about not posting any more memes anymore on your Instagram page? Oh, uh, probably a little of both. I, you know, <laughs> that was at the height of the pandemic. So I think, you know, people were, were legit worried, 
you know, something horrible was going to happen. And so I, that's why I did that little Rona blog. Like I was posting updates every day, letting people know what my vitals were and how I felt and what my symptoms were. And, and people seem to appreciate that. That's awesome. So, um, how did you, how did you get into CrossFit and everything? Well, like most people, I got drug into it. I had a buddy, um, let me back up a little. I was actually, I was kind of newly divorced, like had just gotten into fitness, was trying to kind of get my life together. You know, I was 40 and had these two little girls. They were three and five at the time. And um, actually, God, were they younger than that? Oh, they were young. Anyway, so I was, uh, I just wanted to get fit. So I started doing P90X and loved it, lost a bunch of weight and thought I was, you know, the fittest man on the planet by the time I finished the 90 days. And then somebody of mine's like, Hey, you got to come try CrossFit. This is like P90X on steroids. And I'm like, all right, well, let's give it a shot. You know, how hard can it be? And it destroyed me. It was terrible. I hated every second of it and, uh, told the coach, all right, I'll be back Monday. And I've been doing it for 10 years ever since. Like I just never left. Yeah, it's, awesome. Uh, awesome. Very cool. That's kind of like my story. I was doing the 300 workout before I started doing CrossFit yeah. and then I started, started doing CrossFit like a, like you were got wrecked the first day and then you're like, oh, I'm coming back. So, yeah, I saw that 300 workout one time. Somebody told me they're like, Oh, you have to do this. It's the hardest thing on the planet. I looked at it. And I'm like, I'm like, that's like Wednesday. It's like, <laughs> you know, this yeah. is like what we normally do. This isn't harder than anything else I've ever seen. Yeah. You know? So what, what was your first workout? Do you remember that at all? Oh, oh, yeah, I'll never forget it. It's permanently etched in my brain for all of eternity. It was uh, it's three rounds for time. Everybody should go do this. Anybody that listens to this, you're required to do this workout. It's terrible in every way. So it's three rounds for time, 10 thrusters at 95 pounds, 20 burpees, 100-foot overhead walking lunge holding a 45-pound plate. Oh. Now, it doesn't sound horrific when you think about it but i want you to put a little bit in context like i was a new crossfitter so like i didn't know any of the movements and by the way i did not rx them at the time i did i think i did a uh either maybe a 65 pound thruster maybe even 40 i may have just used the bar and really light overhead walking lunge so i'm talking to the coach and i'm like well what's a burpee i've never heard of burpees before she's like it's like a push-up First of all, she's a liar. It's not like a push-up. <laughs> uh, that was her description. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, P90X, you do a lot of push-ups. So I, I'm going to kill this. I'm going to prove to her how fit I am. So those first 20 per push-ups or uh, burpees, I just went balls to the wall, killed them, and got done with them. And I'm like, why is my heart beating out of my chest? This is weird. It doesn't happen with push-ups, you know? <laughs> And then, and so then I won't go to do the lunges and realize my legs don't work anymore. Yeah. And then I come back to the thrusters and I can't pick up the bar. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? It took me like 33 minutes, which by the way, was a record at that gym for the longest intro workout time of all time. And I think I held that record solid for like six or seven years before they found someone less fit than me. That's I can't even wrap my mind around. <laughs> I, I can do that workout now, RX, like in 12, 13 minutes, mm -hmm. probably. You know, that's the difference between, you know, 2011, John, and 2021. But it is a it is a leg-heavy, brutal workout if you don't understand pacing and, and you know, kind of all the little nuances that come with, you know, burpees and thrusters, where to breathe and all that stuff. Yeah. So, so with your experience now, have you kind of gotten the gist of, like, where to pace and where to, like, strategize during the workouts? 
Yeah, I get made fun of all the time. I'm a banker by trade, like in my real life. And so I do a lot of math. And it, I figured out several years ago that CrossFit's just math. And you can math it all the way down to like everything. Meaning like I break every movement down, how long this one should take me and how long this one should take and how long my break should be and how many movements I should be doing before I break, before I ever set foot in the door, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I also, you know, try to apply the stimulus and this is supposed to be a sprint. I sprint. It's supposed to be a grind. I grind like I do all that, but, but I really like kind of break it down. So I've gotten really good at figuring out how long a workout should take and what my pacing should feel like and and like after a decade you also i think if you know if you do it right you you start to like you can feel your heart rate for instance like i know what my heart rate should be doing wall balls and double unders which is a really crucial thing to have in crossfit because if you spike your heart rate everything else is going to be terrible so i've learned like kind of where my thresholds are and i don't cross those and when i do cross them you know you can be in a really bad place. Like I was in a really bad place two days ago at the gym because I got dangerously close to crossing that threshold, you know? <laughs> yeah. So Very it's cool. just tough. Yeah. yeah. So obviously Murph, we're recording this right before Murph. Are you planning to do that? And how, how would you, how do you strategize it? Yeah. So I'm going to have to do a makeup Murph because I'm going to the Mac, uh, the mid Atlantic CrossFit challenge. And we got to drive back on Monday. So I won't be able to do it at my gym, but I'll find a gym here locally and do it or I'll do it at home. Um, it depends. I've done it every way it can be done. And so I, you know, I say that every year that, you know, I get annoyed by the purists that say, there's only one way you can do Murph. You have to wear a vest. You have to do it unpartitioned. Otherwise you're not honoring Murph. I think that's BS. I think you just get it done yeah. is the way to go. However, uh, there are certainly advantages to different things. So part of it will be how I feel that day at my age. Like a lot of it's just, how do I feel? You know, like, do my shoulders feel good? Do my legs feel good? I've been doing moderately intense Murph training. I've been doing a lot of pull-ups, a lot of push-ups, a lot of air squats, a lot of heavy squats, a lot of barbell work, yeah. getting ready for this, and, and running. I've been doing a lot of running. So, you know, I won't – it's not saying I'm going to go kill Murph, but I'm prepared for it, which, you know, if you're not prepared, you can really be in a bad place pretty mm -hmm. quick, yeah. you know, you know. So do you, do you recommend like kind of staggering everything like, you know, the five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 20 air squats, or just like, what's your, what's your favorite way of doing it? Uh, that's a good question. I have a lot of different ways I like to do it. Um, I will probably do five, 10, 15 the whole way. Okay. Probably. Yeah. But whether I do that or not we'll see how i feel that day <laughs> does that make sense yeah no i hear you i i the way i do i typically do it like the 100 200 300 i've never oh. i've done i've done it straight through i've never done the whole you know staggering at oh, all hold on yep. i lost you I, I lost you there for a second can you hear me yep yeah i can still hear you all right sorry so i don't know what happened i lost you there repeat what you said no you're good so when I typically do Murph, I just do like the whole right, the whole right, right through 100, 200, 300. I've, I haven't really done it staggered. I'm contemplating on doing it staggered this year. Yeah, look, I think if you want to not blow yourself up, staggered's absolutely the way to go. Like my fastest time is staggered. Yeah. Like you know, it's a, it's you, the transitions don't mean much in Murph because they're relatively short movements. You know. Um, 
not to mention like it's there's a lot of time under tension yep when you're you know you're doing a hundred pull-ups and then which isn't the hard part which is scary the hard part really i think is the 300 air squats like the 200 push-ups are really hard but your range of motion isn't quite what it normally is because you're wearing the vest and the vest you know stops you just short when you hit the deck you know it's those 300 air squats that just do you in then you gotta go run Mm -hmm. like no uh-uh, no, <laughs> so I'll probably I'll probably stagger it. I'll break it up somehow. Yeah, my favorite part of Murph is when you're doing the air squats and all of a sudden you just keep your butt up the whole time and you think you're actually doing a squat and you're not even hitting below parallel. Yeah, I do get annoyed watching Murph happen. I get annoyed when I'm in a gym and they're doing Cindy, like same thing. Like people think they're squatting and like their air squats are like a quarter squat and it's like no, like there's you know there's no reason to rush those things like. You know, you can do 15 good air squats, and it's not going to kill you. But, you know, I get it. We do a lot of stuff for time. People are going to race. It's just what they do. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So um, I kind of want to talk about your Instagram page, uh, Make Make Watts Great Again. So how did how did that come about? Just, a, you know, I have kind of a fluke, I guess. I uh, had a, a Twitter handle, still have a Twitter handle, but I had one that I was using to kind of troll my coaches and just to make fun of life. Like I started this Twitter handle called CrossFit Trump. I thought it'd be funny to do tweets about CrossFit, but make them sound like Trump was doing them. Yeah. Right. So and it, it wasn't political. It was just like, you know, he said a lot of crazy stuff on Twitter, you know? And, and so I would do that, you know, I would basically take his tweets and just make them about CrossFit. And, you know, it collected a few followers here and there, you know, it was like six or 700 followers, maybe. And that was moderately funny. Well, I have these two teenage daughters and they like me for whatever reason. And they think I'm funny. And so my oldest is one was like, you know, you should have a meme page that would be, you know, you're really funny. You'd be good at it. And I'm like, all right, we'll make it. So I handed her my phone and she created it for me and she did the first meme and it wasn't very funny. I might add, but, (laughs) um, but so like, you know, I, I started watching memes and kind of learning how they were done. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of a quick study and I started kind of learning the Instagram algorithms and like how those work. And then I just started posting and some of the athletes picked up on it and it got shared by, you know, a bunch of people that have a lot of followers, you know, or, you know, moderately decent number of followers. And I started recognizing who would share and who wouldn't and, and what people liked and what they didn't. And, I really like, I follow kind of all the details, like all the trends. And because again, because I'm a banker and I like math, like it really intrigued me, you know? And, you know, I thought, all right, well, this will, you know, this would be cool for a while. Well, it just kind of blew up. It, you know, it went from 300 followers to 10,000 followers in like two or three months. Wow. And at that time I was like, all right, well, I'm kind of onto something. So I need to change the name because I didn't want to, deal with you know kind of the trump world which again it was not a political thing i just like i didn't want to talk about politics yeah and um and i also didn't want to alienate people that didn't like trump you know and uh then i also didn't want to get sued by crossfit by using their name (laughs) you know so i'm like all right so i you know i so i put i think i put a story if i remember right i put a story in my or question in my story and, and solicited ideas somebody sent it to me like you know and um I'm like, yeah, that's a great name. You know, like it keeps the spirit of, you know, CrossFit Trump by, you know, using kind of bastardizing his slogan, you know, and, 
but to me it, it felt positive like there's nothing worse than a, a crossfit workout like those things are terrible mm -hmm. so if you can make them great it seemed like a positive thing to me you know so um yeah so i changed the name and thought all right that'll be the end of it it'll quit growing nobody will care and uh, it kept growing and probably around 30,000 followers was when the first Jillian Michaels blow up happened. Oh, like yeah. she did some, you know, some post on shape magazine about why CrossFit's dangerous. And I just roasted her like just way harder than I would now, now that I've done this longer, but I did these, all these memes about her and I'm sitting at home and I get a message, an email and a DM at the same time, a DM from CrossFit health with, with a little blue check and a DM from CrossFit.com or email from CrossFit.com. And they both say coach Glassman wants to talk to you and had a phone number attached. I'm like, Oh crap, I'm getting sued. Like, so I go call the number and Greg Glassman's on the other end. And he's like, Hey, did you know, I saw these memes you did today. Just wanted to thank you for defending us. We really appreciate your support. You know, thank you so much. And he gave me some big long conspiracy theory about Jillian Michaels and said some real crazy stuff that he was known to say. <laughs> and he's like, if I can ever do anything for you, let me know. A couple of weeks later, I called him and said, Hey, you know, I messaged him and said, would you consider being on my podcast? And he goes, yep, I'd be happy to be here Wednesday. And they flew us out and put us up in a hotel and he gave me two hours of his time. And that was how the podcast launched and the page just kept growing. And it's been all up, you know, downhill ever since, I guess, or uphill. I don't know which direction I'm going, probably yeah. down. Um, but it just, it just keeps growing. And um, yeah, it's, it's been kind of a crazy ride. Yeah. I want to, so I want to talk a little bit about the podcast later, but I, with the, with the Instagram page. So are your kids so pissed off that you have more of a following than they do? They do? They're way past that. Okay. Uh, yeah, they think it's cool. Like they think it's funny that you know, that so many people follow and message, and a bunch of their friends follow me, and you know, so and you know, they brag. They go, you know, I'm the second most famous dad in their high school. You know, so they think that's really cool. Yeah. You know, um, who's the first? You know, uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, okay. Is from Cleveland. He's got a kid in the Beachwood system, so. Um, so that, yeah, that's pretty cool, right? Like yeah. second of Machine Gun Kelly, I can live with that. Yeah, I'll um, I take that in a heartbeat. You kidding me? Yeah, it's look. There's a low bar of fame from, from Machine Gun Kelly to me, but <laughs> but they think it's fun and cool, and um, you know, and it's it's affording them opportunities. I mean, I'm making money on it now, so they, you know, they uh, I keep joking it's their college fund, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. So. <laughs> so when you when you did the design make watch great again, you had you know Trump's hair on it. So right. did you, did you get any like, like, you know, slack from other people, like not a big fan of the slogan or the hair at all? Or what was that like? Um, well, a couple of funny stories on that. So when I, I copy, you know, I trademarked the name, uh, both names, make pods great again, make wads great again. And I sent that logo. So the logo originally was a black kettlebell with Trump hair. Yeah. And somebody messaged me and goes, no, 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 you have to make it orange. And I'm like, oh my God, that's brilliant. You know? So, you know, it was designed to make fun of him. It yeah. was not endorsing Trump. Like it was clearly a spoof. So people like really liked the kettlebell, uh, or at least the Trump fans did. Some people, you know, particularly those on the fringe would like race hell about it. But for the most part, they liked it. But I tried to trademark that too. And my lawyer gets back this 500 page document. You can't even make this up a 500 page document that says it's his hair has already been copywritten. Wow. or trademarked 
and because his hair is trademarked, I can't use it. I can't use the logo. And I'm like, only Trump could be egotistical enough to trademark his own hairdo, like seriously, like, and, and have the resources to do so. So I just thought that was really amazing. Um, so I don't use the logo anymore. Not that, it, you know, he was going to sue me. I just, I'm like, all right, well, I'll ditch it. I've had some people over the years that tell me they don't like the name or they thought I was associated with Trump and that's why they didn't follow. Like yeah. you get some of that, but you know, my philosophy on it and why I'll never change it besides the fact I paid for it, um, is that it gets me in places other people can't get into, you know, like yeah. my name, I created it for when we use it. Like Trump doesn't own the term. Well, I guess he probably does, but it, you know, like, Make America Great Again, I know it's associated with him, but Make Wise Great Again is not the same sentence. It's not saying the same thing. It doesn't have the same connotation. And and the page and and what I do and stand for is completely different. So people turned off by the name. They're not going to like the page anyway because they're so fragile Yeah. that I promise you something I post will will insult them very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. I understand why people don't like it. So I'm not, you know, trying to say that, you know, people that didn't like Trump are fragile. I'm saying, like, if you're so triggered by something without asking the question, well, what does that mean? And you just take it at face value, you don't want to be around me anyway. Like, I'm, I got way too much common sense for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just. Yeah, I, I agree. So, do you think, I mean, this is a great segue. Do you think that, like, kind of people are getting kind of soft now than more than ever? Um, I think they're not as inquisitive maybe as they have been in the past. Like the people are really quick to pass judgment on stuff without really getting all the details, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. and I, and I get it on both sides. Like I'm, I'm a really moderate, probably closer to liberal than conservative in a lot of ways. And people will get drawn into the page because of the name, because they like Trump or, or kind of the right. And they'll think I'm associated with that. And then I'll do a post like I, right now I'm selling t-shirts for out athletics, raising money for, um, the out foundation. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's for LGBT kids and to give them scholarships, you know, they do great work in our yeah, community cool. and they, but you know, and they find out I'm doing that and they're like, Oh, hold on. <laughs> what are you doing? You know? Um, so, you know, so yeah, I think they just, you know, they don't ask, you know, and then I get it on the other end where people will go, I'm not going to follow you. You're obviously a racist pig. I'm like, well, what the hell are you talking about? Like, yeah. I'm like, I no, that's not what the, like, that's not what this page does or raises money for or, or invests its time in. Like, you know, so, yeah. so yeah, I, I don't think they're more fragile than they've ever been, but I think the internet these days certainly lends people to want to argue Mm-hmm. And and people are frustrated, dude. It's like you know we're in, we've been in a pandemic. Like people are ready to get out of the house. There, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And all they've been doing is just being on their phones on social media all the time, and then they just hear you know theories and stuff like that, and just go with it. Here's my theory. I told this to my boss the other day, and I really believe this to be true. You can say you heard it here first. I think now that the CDC's come forward and said we don't have to wear a mask anymore once we're vaccinated. Whether people get vaxxed or not, I don't know. But once we're out of mask, the the mood is going to come down very quickly yep. because it's really easy to disassociate with someone when you can't see their face. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to grimace at someone when they can't see you because you know you can't get caught. It's like the same. It's like shouting on the internet when you know you can't get punched in the face. You'll say anything. Yep. <laughs> 
right? It's yeah. just true. Like you will. So once the masks come off and we can start making eye contact and talk to people and, and you can see their expression and body language and, you know, their temperament, I think the mood of the country, the world, but the country specifically will get way better, way faster. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that because no one wants to wear a mask anymore. They're tired of it. Yeah, so. well, I look, I went in someplace today without my mask on for the first time. I'm fully vaxxed now, and I went in somewhere with my mask off, and it felt great. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be honest, like, yeah. it was it felt liberating. I know it's weird, but I'm like, oh, my God, this is nice. Like, I get to talk to someone, you know, and there's plexiglass between us, but I still got to see their face, and they got to see mine, so yeah, it was kind of nice. Cool. So um, yeah. what, what charities have you donated to with from the page? Oh, so many. Um, so I do a lot of work for Outwad. I, I know Will, the founder of that. He's a good friend. They do great work and raise a lot of money for people. So I've raised money for them. Uh, I partnered with Barbells for Boobs, which is a breast cancer charity. Yep, um, cool. Raised several thousands of dollars for them. Um, I partnered with uh, the Weekly Fight, which is a charity that helps uh, veterans, families, veterans that have PTSD and their families. Uh, helps them kind of overcome that and they do it through CrossFit, which is a really, really cool community. Um, I help Barbells for Bullies, which um, I don't know if I've raised money other than just do a lot of posts for them, you know, so there's kind of a balance here. Like some of these I raise money for directly. So I have a veterans group, which is Weekly Fight. I have the LGBT group. I have um, uh, Barbells for Boobs, which is breast cancer. Uh, during the whole um kind of dust up last year with CrossFit, I, me and Tommy and Sean and a bunch of the other like kind of CrossFit media people, we raised money for, oh my God, who is this? It's not Black Lives Matter, but it's um, the NAACP legal fund. And we raised like $35,000 for them. Damn, good for like you. That. Yeah. It, was a, it was a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and then I also do like free, like, I can, without getting too much detail or in the weeds on it, like I can sell posts if I wanted to, like, you know, sponsor posts, that sort of thing. And if it's like a charitable organization, I do it for free 100% of the time. Like, as long as I can vet the organization and I know they're a good organization, I can trust them. And, and they have, for me, my criteria is they have to be part of the CrossFit community, not just any charity. Not that I have any problem with other charities. It's just like, it's a CrossFit page. I have a CrossFit community. Yep. People that follow me are CrossFitters. Like the charities I spend time and money on need to be CrossFit charities. Like, yeah. Oh, and uh, Battle Cancer is the other one. I've oh, okay. done a lot of stuff for Battle Cancer. Right, so, cool. yeah, and you know, probably more to come. Like that was part of what I've wanted to do with the page from the very beginning. Is like I, I don't want it to just be a meme page. Like the for me, the page is a community. It's three hundred and forty-one thousand followers on Instagram and another 40,000 or 41,000 on Facebook. And, you know, so you go, you know, it's 380,000 people, almost 400,000, you know, accounts like that are all CrossFitters. They, it needs to be more than memes. It yeah. needs to have an impact on people's lives more than just casual laughs. And so I, I want to raise money for people and help with that. I want to, you know, I do a daily uplift post because I want people to get something more out of life than just a joke. I want them to, you know, get a, like a positive affirmation when they start the day. Um, you know, so there's a lot, a lot more to it. But, you know, I really think that give back portion is critically important 
to the community. And I think it's, I think it's why the page has grown. Yeah. Truthfully. Yeah. I think that's the secret and why my page is humble brag, uh, bigger than all my competitors, quote unquote, because it's, it, the page is about me and my experience, not just about memes. Mm -hmm. So with your competitors, so have you guys, it's not like, you guys aren't like fighting at each other or anything like that. Are you guys like, are you guys like friendly at all? Or like, what's the atmosphere between all the other meme pages? Oh yeah. Fluffy duck sends me photos of his butt from time to time. And, uh, <laughs> constantly very fitness is he's been on the show a couple of times too. Like, uh, yeah, I know all those guys. They're great. All of them. Um, you know, I've met chalk llamas a few times and they're all, you know, they're all great people and they all kind of have a different thing that they do. Like, you know, fluffy ducks funny. He does, um, He's big in TikTok. He yeah. actually has a big, a big TikTok following, which is shocking to me because he's not that funny. But um, no, he's funny. Um, but he's a nice dude. You know, he's a family guy. He's got a little kid and a wife, and he lives out in California, a nice house, and you know, he's got a good life. And then, you know, Chocolate Island's husband and wife, and constantly very fitness, which is Hudson's page. Um, you know, he does YouTube videos plus his memes, and he's a coach. You know, at a gym. Mm. Um, you know, all these guys are, they're nice dudes. Yeah. yeah. That's what I liked about the CrossFit community. Like everyone's pretty nice to each other. You really don't see or hear any bad blood between anybody else. And like, that's, that's why I'm a big fan of CrossFit too. Yeah. Look, there's no, re- like we're all doing the same stuff for yeah. the most part. There's no, you know, there's, there's room for everyone. And I've always believed like, you know, the more the merrier, like if somebody wants to come do this, knock yourself out, man. Like I'm good with it. You know, i I don't think I'm better than anybody else. I think the public will decide who they want to follow and who they don't. And having a lot of followers doesn't make your page better than someone else's. It's just that's your span of influence and you choose what you want to do with it. Yeah. You know, and, and that's all social media is anyway. If you have five followers or 500,000, that's your space. Do something with it. Yeah. You know? Very cool. Now with the podcast. So you started that when, you know, we just talked about it earlier with, with Greg Glassman thanking you. So how, when did that come around? Was that like, did you do that before Greg Glassman or what was your thoughts for doing one? Um, well, it was, you know, kind of along the lines of the other stuff. I just, I wanted the page to be bigger than, than just memes. And so I'm like, you know, podcast would be great because I've, you know, I got a lot to talk about and a lot of thoughts and I've been in the community for a while and I wanted to talk to other CrossFitters. And, and so I just kind of got a wild hair and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. And so I'm, message you know kind of like everything else i do on social media i just pick some podcasts and i shot a messages i talked to sean and tommy who i'd already met and um a few other people and kind of got the insight on the equipment i would need and i'm like well if i'm gonna do it why don't i just let me get the ceo on the on the show why not and so i called glassman and i got him on and and then i called carrie pierce and i got her on and and all the you know and i i did this for a while like i ran the podcast kind of just me i had a host with me for a little bit and he and I just didn't work out. We're good friends, but he's busy. I was busy. We just couldn't seem to link up. Yeah. And so I did a bunch of episodes, just me and I didn't love it. Like I loved the podcast, but I didn't love doing it solo. Mm-hmm. And I had been, I'd had Nikki on a few times as a, like a guest. I'd met her somewhere and I'd had her a few times on as a guest just to you know talk about the CrossFit games. And when I was at the games, I had a bunch of people come up to me, dozens, and say, hey, we really love your podcast. Please keep doing it. And that was the first time I'd gotten any feedback on the podcast. 
at all. And so um, I was like, all right, well, maybe I'm onto something. So I called Nikki and I'm like, hey, I want you to do more. And then by the end of that year, I went to her and said, hey, I want you to go full time with me. I want to make it our show. I'm going to put your name on it. We're going to split everything 50 50. Mm-hmm. I won't do a show without you. We'll do them together. And as soon as I did that, it took off. Like, I wanted a female co host anyway. Like, I thought that was important because there aren't a lot of female uh, voices in CrossFit. And I thought it's important, you know, representation is important to me. And, and she's great at what she does. She's yeah. a professional. And, and we were just kind of off to the races. And it's been great ever since. Yeah. So, when when did you officially put her on full time? Like what episode? Uh, I don't know if I know the episode number, but it would have been uh, January of 2020. So, right, you know, right before the pandemic hit, uh, we decided to go full time. And then when the pandemic hit, that's, you know, I, I hate to say it was an opportunity for us because uh, it's a horrible way to put it. But when it hit and we got locked down. I just called her and I'm like, Hey, we got to do something with this. Like everybody's at home. We don't know when we're not going to be at home. Yep. People are listening. They have nothing else to do. Get out your Rolodex. I'm going to get out mine and we're going to contact everybody we jointly know and see who we can get on. And we did, I mean, no, I'm not kidding. We did like 10 to 15 episodes back to back to back to back to back with the top names in sport. We had Annie Thor's daughter and uh, we had uh, Vellner and Noah Olson and Chandler and, you know, all of them just like one after the other. And our downloads just spiked. They just took off. Um, and then, you know, all, when all that craziness happened, um, you know, with Glassman and CrossFit and we covered all that too, it just kind of kept growing and, you know, we built our audience and, you know, it just kind of keeps growing. Yeah. So, yeah, with, great. so with Greg Glassman, so were you like super nervous during that interview at all or? Oh yeah. It was my first interview. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. I was, I was super nervous. I didn't know what to ask him. And look, Greg, um, I tell you stories about Greg, like everybody could that dude, he's going to, it doesn't matter what you ask him. He already has his answer formulated. Yep. Hey Greg, how's the weather? John, let me tell you about, the vexing problem that is, you know, and he'll go into his whole diatribe and he was great to me. I'm, I'm not bitching about him here. He was great to me, but you know, my point is, is like he talked for two hours. So I didn't have to be that nervous in retrospect because I didn't really do much. Yeah. I sat there and listened to him talk. Uh, and you know, he can be very charming and, and clever and he's a smart dude. Say what you want about him. He's a smart dude. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I wasn't really that nervous. I was, I've been more nervous on other, other, uh, interviews, but these days, like we, when we kind of found our stride, I found that the, for me, the best, uh, way to approach the podcast is just to treat it like, you know, the, whoever's on with me is one of the hosts mm-hmm. and we just talk about whatever's going on in our life. We don't re- even re- necessarily talk about CrossFit. It's just like, Hey, what's going on? What are you doing? What's new? How's your family? Where are you from? You know, and and we just talk like we've known each other forever. And I think people gravitate to that because it's not your typical CrossFit podcast. We're not just talking about working out and thrusters. And I mean, there's only so many things you can say about thrusters. They suck. Okay, next topic. You know. <laughs> yeah. So. Totally agree. So, um, you're going to the Mac. So, how did are you going to be doing podcasts for them at all, or what's what's the whole deal of you going down there? And, uh, I'm just going to spectate, okay. be fans. So I have this like kind of weird thing. Like when I go to these events, 
I could go on podcasts and I might when I go to the West Coast Classic because I'll have a media pass for that. I was offered a media pass for the Mac, but I turned it down. I did, at the time, they were under COVID restrictions and I didn't want to deal with all that jazz. Um, I don't like interviewing athletes when they're in competition mode because they're not much fun. Yeah, They're like, they're dialed in. They don't have a sense of humor. You can't make fun of them. Uh, any other time you can. That you know, every athlete I've ever met is very funny and self-depreciating. But during competition mode, they're not. You know, and and for me, like the beauty of CrossFit is not the games. Like the games are fun. Mm-hmm. I like going. I don't really like watching live CrossFit that much, but it's okay. I like the people. I like to be around people. I like to talk to people. I like to see what they're doing, find out about their gyms and their lives. And that's where I get content. So I just go just to be around a few thousand CrossFitters and find out what they're doing and hear their stories. And that's where I get memes from. Like my concept has always been the memes are community. I want you to look at one of my memes and go, oh my God, that is so me. Or, oh my God, that's my friend David. And you send it to your friend David. Like that's how you grow the grow the page you know and so that's why i go because it's fun and i network you know i meet you know owners of companies and you know just kind of get to know the community it's good so would you if you ever had a media pass to do a podcast would you want to interview like the coaches or like this like the other staff and crossfit like kind of what what would you what would your avenue be um i don't know i you know i i'll interview anyone that's interesting I want them to be fun and have a story, you know, like the athletes are always fun because they, you know, most of them have a pretty interesting story outside of CrossFit. If you really dig into it, like most people just talk to them about the, you know, CrossFit and I do that some too, but you know, I think they're fun just to, you know, talk about what's going on. Like when I talked to Vellner, we talked about his passion for making, for doing puzzles. This dude loves making table puzzles. It's ridiculous. I did not know that. Yeah. I'm telling you, isn't that weird? Like, I love him for it. You know, he just likes doing puzzles, you know, and uh, he's just got an interesting story that way. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I love talking, like when I'm just out talking to people, I love talking to the judges. Like those guys have the best stories, you know, of what's really going on in the community. I spent at the last time I was at the Mac, I spent a long time talking to one of the guys in the medical tent that they, they do just crazy stories. Like, there's so many things you can learn at these events if you really just start asking people about their lives. So I, you know, I would talk to anyone on the podcast that has something interesting to say. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, those judges have like a love-hate relationship between athletes. <laughs> well, it depends on the athlete, but yeah, yeah, there it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. Has anyone like told you like they've gotten yelled at or like any of the judges at all or? Oh, they all get yelled at. As a matter of fact, that's how I became friends with Danny Spiegel. I was just joking with her about it. Either post on it the other night at the last time at the max, she got no repped for coming off the rope too fast on a rope climb. The the rule at the time, for at least for that event, was you when your feet touched the ground, you stood to have your hands on the rope. Well, she let go before she dropped, and so they no repped her. And she gave this judge a death glare, <laughs> like death glare. Yeah. And I was videoing it. And I posted it and I didn't know her at the time, but I posted it in my story and I tagged her because I, you know, try this is how you meet people. You just tag them, you know? Yep. And she DM me and said, Hey, can you send me that video? It was the first time I'd ever talked to her. And, um, you know, now we're friends, you know, just, but yeah, they, they all get yelled at eventually. Yeah. Very cool. 
So um, you're at you're I believe you have like 148 episodes on your podcast right now, roughly, mm, yeah, roughly around there. So what what are you looking to do to like grow it even more? Kind of like what's the next process for your podcast? Um, that's a great question. Nikki and I have not really discussed that. Uh, I also didn't guess, guess it didn't occur to me. I was close to 150. That's nuts. Um, I think we're going to keep doing what we're doing for now. You know, like, so we're both going to be on location for at least two of the semis. Uh, we'll be at the Mac and we'll both be at the West coast classic. So we're going to do kind of live debriefs each day, Mm -hmm. uh, for people. And, We'll do more of that. Nikki's about to have a baby, so we're kind of tabling aggressive growth right now. But I, you know, I can see us continuing to do what we're doing. We're trying to do more episodes with just the two of us. Yeah, we get we get a lot of good feedback that people want to hear our thoughts, not just interview people. So I, you know, I could envision it being Nikki and I doing a couple episodes a month, bring on athletes a couple of times a month, bring on an interesting story once or twice a month. So, you know, you're talking, you know, six to eight episodes a month, give or take. Um, and then I'm working on some other projects that I have coming up. Um, a second podcast actually that, okay, cool. uh, has yet to launch, but I'm probably going to launch it in, I'm hoping in the next 60 days. Yeah. maybe. Can you give us some details or no, not yet? Well, it's not finished, but I, I, we've been, I'm wanting to target a podcast. So I have another guy I'm talking about launching it with who's big in the community and is an influencer and has a lot of, uh, you know, people in CrossFit that he works with. And we're wanting to target um, specifically what I think my sweet spot on the meme page is, which is new CrossFitters between years one to three, Mm -hmm. closer closer to one than three, and master's athletes. Like I get questions all the time all the like literally every day hey john what kind of jump rope should i buy what kind of shoes should i wear hey if i were going to do this movement where should i break it up like because because they know i've been doing it a long time and they don't want to go ask a coach they want to ask some regular guy like me that's not super fit you know Mm -hmm. and so i i think that's a sweet spot for me of of being able to talk to people that can relate to what i do in the gym you know and and so that's really what we're wanting to approach is, you know, put together a podcast where we can talk about proper scaling and, hey, here's the workout. Here's how you should hear, you know, five different ways you can approach it. Or, hey, let's talk about jump ropes this week. You know, let's hear or, you know, three or four different kinds and why maybe you should think about this, you know. Yeah. So not not selling product and that sort of thing, but just like really breaking it down for people. Like when I started, I had to learn to make my own hand wraps. Because in those days, back in my day, we were wearing Converse and nobody had gymnastics wraps. So you'd go buy tape and you'd make your own hand wraps, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's the kind of stuff I want to teach people is like, you know, you can, you know, there's a lot of things that you need and a lot of things that you don't need as a new CrossFitter. Don't go out and spend a thousand dollars on belts and knee sleeves and wrist wraps and the fanciest nano x20s and blah 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 like you don't need all that stuff yeah you know you can get into the sport for less than 200 bucks and have a lot you have really good gear you know yeah i'm i'm super cheap when it comes to like equipment with for me like gear like i'll buy my shoes off of like ebay or like tj maxx or whatever they're like the metcons they sell them like lifters or like i'll go to the you know local sports store and get like a 20 dollar weight belt right you know you don't really need you don't need much 
Yeah, look, you need what works for you. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I have a bunch of shoes. I haven't really, you know, I don't normally buy that. I bought some no bowls this week. Nobody even believes me that I did that. But <laughs> first shoes I've bought in forever. Um, but I, I told someone, I'm like, look, I'm going to be at a sanctional or whatever they're calling it, a semi sponsored by Noble. And there's a really good chance that the owners of Noble are going to be there. And I've done a lot of mean memes about them. Like I want to be wearing their product when I meet them so I can go, Hey, it's all jokes, buddy. Look, (laughs) I help pay for your house. Um, But like, I, you know, but I don't think you need Nobles to do CrossFit. You can do Nobles in a pair of Converse. I did for a year. Yeah. You know, like works fine. Yeah. What do you think about Noble taking over for the sponsorship for the CrossFit Games? Oh, I as much as I make fun of them, I don't know. The jury's out. You know, they're a small brand. I think it's, it's an interesting move. You know, this isn't like you're talking about like they could have had Nike yep. or I don't know. You you pick Under Armour or whoever, and instead they went with this small, like really small company yeah. that's local. But but the upside of that is they're CrossFitters. So the question, and, you know, they have, you know, they have investors, so I know they've got money. It's not like they don't have money. The real question, but what they don't have, no offense, no bull, if you hear this, they don't have the experience that a company like Nike, like Nike's put on big events. They have people that do that, right? And I'm not saying Nike should have gotten it. I'm just saying that, you know, there's going to be a learning curve. So I think there's good and some bad. I think they have a great product. I think they're all CrossFitters. I think they've certainly made great moves in their sponsorships and picking up the athletes that they picked up. And, you know, so there's some, so there's some big upside if it's done right. And I suspect it will, uh, it'll work out fine in the end, but I think there's going to be some real growing pains, even that we're seeing right now. Yeah. Well, I think 2020 didn't really help out either with all the stuff going on. So, and even with like the sanctionals. So do you think that, they're going to grow the sanctions a little bit more or what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I mean, I think they said, you know, they're going to have all these semis. Yeah. Um, and so all the events that were sanctions before are basically semis. And then some of those events are going to go back to standalones. Like Wadapalooza is going to be a standalone event in yeah. either January or February. I've talked to O'Keefe about it. I think it's January. And so that's cool. You know, like, yeah. and so I think there will what I hope will happen is that you see that happen more often. Like I, I think we'll see like Wadapalooza and Rogue Invitational now become, you know, standalone events mm-hmm. that can pay big money. And now the sport starts to have some credence, like some you know, teeth behind it because, you know, athletes making $5,000 to win the Mac is a joke. Like you're not going to attract people into the sport with a $5,000 first prize. No. You're just not, you know, but but I don't know how much they're going to pay for the games yet. Nobody knows. So that could be a game changer. Yeah, no supposedly it's the highest purse that they've ever had. So, Yeah, but who knows how much that's going to be. Yeah, that's true, true. Yeah. So um, we're getting close to the end. So um, if you – one of the questions I have. So if you stopped, like, doing your, your meme page, your podcast, CrossFit, how do you want people to know what – how to know you as? Uh, well, I hope – I hope they would remember me if, if this is like, you know, my legacy, uh, as a great father, like I have great daughters and, you know, I'd, I'd like to be remembered through them. You know, I think they're great girls, but I think they've got a good head on the shoulder. I hope they help people and that they bring joy into the world. And, 
you know, I hope that I've done those things. So I would hope that they were, you know, remembered that I made people laugh and was a good person and treated people with kindness. And, you know, they forgive me for all the dumb stuff I've done. Cause I've done plenty of dumb stuff too, yeah. you know? Everyone has. Um, yeah, look, it, it, internet's not real life, man. Yeah. Like the Instagram page, the meme page, they could go away tomorrow. I'll be perfectly happy. I got good life, good kids, good family, good friends. Um, you know, there's plenty to do out there and not worry about fighting with people on Instagram. But I also don't take that for granted. Like you can get a lot of good stuff done through the internet too. I've met hundreds of thousands of people and shaken a lot of hands and raised a lot of money and and helps people and and those are good things too and everybody can do that you know mm -hmm. so you know I'm, I'm certainly not complaining it's just um you know it's not real life yeah yeah well you know what the crazy thing i just thought of like with all your followers on instagram if they just paid one dollar <laughs> i think about that yeah it's just yeah. like how good how like what you could do with all that money for like the like the charities that you work with I was thinking what I could do with that money for my house and my guitar collection, yeah, but I'm with you. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, very cool. So I know you kind of talked about the podcast with like Nikki. She's she's pregnant and kind of your goals, but do you have any other goals with like the meme page like or life in general? Oh, I always have goals, man. I, look, I just I want to keep growing it. I, you know, I'd, I'd like to get the meme page to a million followers. Um, you know, the podcast is – we're getting right at a million downloads at this point. Like wow. we're real close if we're not already there. Um, I just haven't looked in a week or so. Um, you know, so I'd like to grow both of those um, and, you know, continue to make an impact. I like the, I think the fun part about what I do is I don't work for CrossFit. So I can critique CrossFit. Yep. I can tell the truth. I'm not in Eric Rose's pocket. Not that anyone is in his pocket. He's a great dude, by the way. Have you met him before? But I, yeah, yeah, he was on the podcast. He came on the podcast oh, a few yeah, months ago. Right. Very cool. Um, but, you know, I don't have to I don't have to suck up to him or anybody else. Like, if CrossFit does something stupid, like this prize purse at the Mac, yeah. I can say, hey, that's kind of dumb. Yep. I guess that's a joke. And not worry about whether they're going to shun me because I have a significant portion of their fan base. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like they could, they could shun me and I'm not saying they couldn't like if it happens, it happens, I guess, but they can't silence me is my point. And that's a good place to be not because of power, but because like what I get to influence, I will continue to have control over and I can shape that story and decide where I want to help people without outside influence, you know, and and I like that. And so I'd like to keep growing it so I can continue to do that. Yeah. Very cool. And, and I like getting free shoes. That's good too. Yeah. That, so. I mean, that, that's, that's a good perk. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. So do you have any like favorite books you like to read or like give out to gifts for people? Uh, no, not really. Like I have, I consume so much content and it's going to make me sound dumb, but I just don't read a lot of books. Like I've, I spend so much time online finding content for the page. I, it means I'm on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and the news and people are sending me stuff. And then I'm also a musician. So I'm listening to a lot of music, yep. you know, when I'm so, you know, I have all that going on and then I have a day job. It's the real job, right? Like, and a lot of people that report to me. So I got a lot of work to do there too. So 
my time is like, I, and I'm crossfitting in between all of that. Yeah. So between kind of those four things, you know, when it would be time to read, I'm sleeping. Like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of the way it works for me. Yeah. So are you looking to go like, get rid of the banking job and then go like full time with the podcast and the meme page at all? Or what's, what's your thoughts I, on that? If I could make enough money, I would, but the bank pays really good yeah. and, and I like it. I'm good at it. You know? So it's, it's one of those things like, yeah, I'd love to do this full time. Um, but I can't figure out how to make it pay more or even the same as the bank, you know? So right now it's just a hobby that, you know, is a lot of fun and, and it's going pretty well. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, never say never. I'd love to do it if I can figure it out. Yeah. You just need to start three YouTube channels. You should be good. <laughs> well, that's part of it. I mean, we're on YouTube too, and you know, it's starting to grow. So we'll see. Yeah, very cool. So, um, what would you tell somebody that's trying to get into podcasting or like doing memes? Like, what to expect in the upcoming years to get good? Um. Oh, I guess it depends on what your goals are. But you know, I'll tell you the same things I was told, and I'll tell you my experience. So I was told by Craig Ritchie, who is part of team Richie on, on uh, YouTube. He's got 300,000 subs. Like he's kind of a big deal in the yep, space. Favorite, favorite YouTube channel. Yeah. He's a great dude. Yeah. And he said to me, he's like, listen, he's like, visualize where you want to go. And that's where you'll go. He's like, but you have to say, this is where I want to be. And so I've done that. Like I said, I'm going to go to a million followers. That's my goal. That's where I'm going, you know? And then, and he also told me, he's like, but you have to consistently post. He's like, people think, all right, I'm going to start this and it'll take off and I'll go viral and it'll be great without ever thinking about how much work goes into it. He's like, dude, I, he's like, I posted for three years and not a soul was watching me before it finally took off. Yeah. You know, and I post every day. Like I've had people message me, Hey, I'm starting a meme page. Like, what do I need to do? I'm like, well, I've posted seven to 10 memes a day for three years. Oh, jeez, Yeah. It's over 10,000 posts. Yeah. I'm like, are you willing to do that? Cause that's what I've, that's what I did. You know, that's, that was my method of growth, you know? Yeah. And you have to be willing to take, you know, hear people tell you you're an idiot cause you hear that a lot. Like it's a rough, rough world, you know? So, you know, there, it takes a lot of consistency, a lot of posting. And I think ultimately you have to be yourself and relatable to people. I think it's the relatable part that grows pages. Like if people can relate to what you're doing, they'll follow you. If they don't relate to it, they're not going to. Yeah. It's really that simple. Yeah. Like, you know. Very cool. So see, I just wanted a quick question. Have you seen the picture of the guy tattooed in a salt bike? on the back of his calf. <laughs> yeah, I shared it. They say the yeah. guy sent it to me or his gym or somebody from his gym sent it to me. And, uh, yeah, actually, uh, Craig shared that on his show. Yeah, that's how I he saw got, it. Yeah, he got it from me. Oh, <laughs> that was, that was my meme. He, okay. Craig is one of the first people to ever share my stuff. I, so my, I woke up one day and my pages, so the page is brand new. And I went from like a thousand followers to like 2000 followers in a day. And I'm like, what the hell's happening? And this buddy of mine messaged, he's like, hey, you were on Team Richie this morning. I'm like, what is Team Richie? I don't know what that is. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's a YouTube channel. And so I go watch the show, and sure enough, it's there. So I message Craig, and I'm like, hey, you know, appreciate the share. And and we started talking, and we've been friends ever since. And you know, I've seen him at a couple of events, and 
uh, you know, I know jazz and, and we talk from time to time, you know, message back and forth and they're great. They, you know, I, I talked to him two days ago, actually. They're, cool. they're a great couple and, but he gives me advice and we just, you know, we banter back and forth about, you know, influencer stuff. I hate to even call it that, but you know, just like how to grow and like, what are you working on and that sort of thing. Very so. cool. So do you have any guests that you want to get on your podcast that you haven't had the chance to get on yet? I haven't had Frazier yet. I can't seem to get that guy on and I keep getting told he's coming. Uh, we are going to have Sarah Sigmund's daughter really soon. Very cool. I don't, I don't know if we've settled on the date, but we've been talking to her agent and she's coming on and she's one of the people in the short list that I'd like to get on for sure. But her Frazier, we've never had Katrin on. I'd like to have her on uh, maybe Sam Quant. I'm hoping like to run into some of these people this weekend. I, I know some of those won't be there, but Sam will be at the Mac and several others. So we'll, I'll get some of them, but I, you know, I don't feel a rush to get any of them. I'm like, we'll kind of get them when we get them. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's, there's so many people to talk to and so many interesting stories. I don't, not looking to run through a wall to make it happen. Yeah, very cool. So, uh, where can people reach out to you if they have any questions with you know, any questions they want to ask you? Uh, well, they can DM me on Instagram. Make watch great again. Um, I answer every single one, and I get a bunch. Um, make pods great again. They could uh, on Instagram. They could message there. Uh, I don't check that one as much. Um, <laughs> They uh, can hit my email, jfw at makewatchgreatagain.com. So any of those places they could get in touch with me. And then there's, you know, the Twitter handle, YouTube page. um, You know, I'm on kind of all the media. So but the Instagram page is where I spend the bulk of my time. So how many Instagram DMs do you get like on a day? Depends on the day and what horrible thing I've said. Um, (laughs) I think on the low end, on a slow day, today has been a slow day, thank God, um, 100. On a Jeez. on a busy day, 500. On a crazy day, 1,000. Like, it just, you know, like, 500 would be very busy. 100 is doable and pretty normal. It's usually probably between 100 to 300 on any given day, though. Wow, that's crazy. Well, well, yeah. thank you very much for doing this. I really do appreciate you taking the time to even sit down and talk to me. So even though I'm kind of like relatively new in the podcast space, this is like just turning into my second year. So no, that's actually, great. No, like, no, I'm sorry, a year and a half. Sorry. So, you know. Well, I'm glad to do it. Always glad to join. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thanks, man.